a while back. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. We're now over two weeks into this crazy, crazy time of history, this uh, unusual, strange period that, uh, I don't know about you, but it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of, it's, it's just odd. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just a really strange time that we're in right now. And being in uh, a people business, like restaurants or uh, what we do, or, or working in service industries, it's very, it's very tough. It, it Maybe at first, having some time away, having some time off was kind of nice, and having the kids at homes, you could take a bike ride or take a walk was really nice. And then the rain came yesterday, and it didn't turn out to be so nice anymore, right? It's, very, it's a very odd time. We're about two weeks into it, and, and I hope that you found some kind of routine for life and some, some way to survive uh, what you're going through. Because here in Massachusetts, let's be honest, uh, we're probably going to be in this for a while, probably through the month of April at least, where, where our kids aren't going back to school until May 4th at the earliest, if they go back at all this year. So we're, we're going to be in this for a while. And I hope that you have found some kind of a routine, some kind of way to not just survive this, but to find, make some sense out of your day and to be able to do something productive with your day. Pray that you're growing closer as families, for growing closer as couples. Some of you who don't usually have that much time together, you're having a lot of time together now. And I hope that you're, you're using this time to grow as in, in your marriage, to grow in your family, finding some creative ways to keep yourself going. You can only watch so much on Netflix, right? Um, but finding some creative ways to, to get to know each other better and more, using this as an opportunity. And I hope that you're especially spending more time in your Bible more time spending time in prayer, maybe taking prayer walks. I, on Saturday nights, I always take a prayer drive uh, to kind of get myself uh, mentally and spiritually prepared for Sunday. And driving around last night was just really strange, really, really strange. I drove through East Long Meadow. I finally headed back home around 10 o'clock, and there might have been one or two cars on the road, which is incredibly unusual for a Saturday night. But I hope that you, you're taking this time to take an opportunity to dig into the word and, and find a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. After all, being in the word more, spending more time in prayer, that's where your comfort and your sanity is going to come from through this time. It's not going to be in watching the news reports. It's not going to be in listening to the latest uh, count of how many people have the virus. It's going to be in finding your center in Jesus Christ. It's going to be in finding comfort in the Word of God. And I hope that you are taking advantage of the opportunities that are being presented by the church to stay connected. I, uh, I, love, uh, I love all the, the videos that we're putting out. Uh, Zach's uh, devotions are great. Uh, my, it's, really, it's still really odd for me because I'm older and it's just really kind of an odd thing. But I love uh, Osvaldo and his family. Because it's, first of all, it's really cool to hear something you completely do not understand and then to have it translated to you. But to see a family that is thriving in Jesus together during this and striving to help other people um, grow in their faith. 
So I hope you're taking advantage of those things, whether you watch them live or you watch them throughout the day. So we're trying to do our best to keep you connected. Hopefully by now the shock and the fear, if you were one of those people that was in fear of all this, hopefully by now the shock and fear has worn off and you're looking for ways to fill your valuable time productively because you may not be uh, essential. We finally, uh, finally, the governor finally said that church workers are essential workers. So it's okay for us to be here without risking um, uh, our, our freedom, okay? We've, I, uh, I, hopefully more than just me sent uh, messages to the governor and we were finally deemed essential. Uh, laundromats were essential, but churches weren't. So that's why I sent the message. Um, but uh, I hope you're finding practical ways. And this morning, what I want to share with you is a message about practical faith. Practical ways you can share your faith and learn your faith and grow in your faith and express your faith during even a time such like this. Fortunately, our faith is very practical. If it's lived out properly, it provides us with many opportunities every day to exercise our faith. Every day it provides us opportunities to exercise our faith, especially in times of crisis and great stress. As I've said for the last couple of weeks, church, this is what we were made for. We were built for times like this. This is when the church should thrive. This is when the church should rise up and, and be heard. Listen, I know that most people are turning to the government. The government is doing a lot of things to step in, and that's what governments do. But if we neglect our role as the church in this world right now, then we may never get some of that stuff back. So this is what we were made for. Times like these to share hope and to share love, and we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus tells us that he's placed before us an open door. In fact, he's placed before us many open doors, doors that no one can shut. That's what Jesus says. He says, I place before you an open door that nobody can shut, even yourself, that nobody includes you. So those doors are going to be open. You have the opportunity, and it's your choice of whether or not you're going to walk through it. Doors that represent opportunities for ministry, chances in our everyday life, to make choices of service to others for the kingdom of God. That's what opportunities are. That's what open doors are. They're chances to make the choice to minister to others. Chances to make the choice to reach out and show the love of Jesus in some tangible way to someone else. Some are simple and lay, foundational, uh, lay, lay a, a foundational basis for bigger things. That's what we, when we talk about here at New Life, relationships build churches. That's what we talk about. Building those foundational relationships, laying down a solid foundation to build on so when the opportunity and the time is appropriate and the time comes for people to be ready to listen to, to a message about Jesus Christ, you've built that foundation and you have the credibility with them to share your faith. Others, uh, some are transformative for you. Some are transformative for the person you're reaching out to. And some, sometimes those work in both people. I believe, and I know, just hear me out on this. I believe we've been given a massive opportunity as the church for a reset right now. I believe that we kind of, it's possible, just theoretically speaking, it's possible 
that we had begun to lose our way as a church in this world and start putting our focus on things that weren't really things that we needed to focus on and started uh, doing things that we didn't really, that, that weren't really eternal things and started seeking after things that weren't really what we needed to seek after. Right now, we have the opportunity as a church during this time. Be honest, church attendance physically is way down right now, but hopefully, church connection is way up. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we're going to take advantage of this time to realize and prioritize in our lives what truly matters. And hopefully, for the, mo for the most part, for, more, mo for most Christians in this country, in this world, in this church, the walk with Jesus Christ will move itself up the ladder of priorities a bit. Hopefully to the top. We've been given an opportunity for a massive reset. Maybe your Christian life has been filled with missed opportunities. Times when you knew you should have acted or spoken or reached out, but you didn't. Just remember, God is bigger than your missed opportunity. God is bigger than your missed opportunity. I know a lot of people who have a lot of regret about things they didn't do for Jesus Christ, things they didn't do, choices they didn't make. I've talked to a lot of older Christians who said, I wish I, was, I wish I knew then what I know now as a younger Christian so I could have served God better. The great thing about God is, is he is bigger than your missed opportunity. And he, he, in his power, in his sovereign power, can give you the opportunity, gives you opportunities every day to express your faith. Every day he gives you opportunity to serve. This time in history is an amazing open door for every member of the true church, and we need to have our eyes wide open for every little bit, every little or big opportunity that comes our way. Now that the shock of all this has settled in, now that we know what we're, to a degree, what we're facing, maybe now is the time for us to open our eyes and see every opportunity that God is opening for us in our lives to share our faith. This morning, I want to share a story from the book of Acts. I'll, I'll be real honest with you. This is my favorite story in the Bible. I love this. And I, I was so happy as I was praying this week, seeking some, some uh, leadership from, from God. I had started on a sermon and started working and collecting verses and, and uh, doing some study. And man, I, I went, Aaron, uh, Aaron found a... Uh, 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 a, a set for our front porch, for our back porch. And uh, nice, she found a great deal on it. Aaron is the master of the great deal. And uh, I had to go down to Connecticut, and as I was driving, I was listening to some sermons, and, uh, and I was kind of meditating on some scriptures, and boom, man, God just hit me with these, this passage. And I was so happy because I love this story. It's my favorite story in the Bible, and I love when I get to use it as an illustration, especially when I get to preach on it, it's about two men who were simply going to church. All they were doing was going to church when an amazing opportunity, an open door, if you will, presented itself. Let's read Acts chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. <clears throat> now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple called uh, temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. How cool is that? What an amazing story. These guys were just on their way to church. And they saw this opportunity, they took advantage, and because they took advantage of the opportunity, this gentleman who was in his, who was in middle age now, was able to walk, leap, and praise God. I wonder how many people had walked by this man on a daily basis and either ignored him or absentmindedly tossed him a coin without a second thought. This was his daily routine. This was his job, if you will. This is what, how he survived. This is where he was. People carried him every day to this gate to sit and beg for money. That's the only way he survived. So he was there every day. And I wonder how many people just ignored him. To them, he had simply become part of the landscape, just another part of the scenery. But on this day, on this day, something was different. Something different was happening. On this day, this man was being noticed and his need was going to be met in a big and amazing way. Dare I say that over the last couple weeks, everything has changed. And now that we are, are uh, confined to quarters, if you will, we're so, maybe you're starting to see things differently. Notice things. Maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe your kids didn't have that annoying little habit before, and now all of a sudden that you're with them all day long, you realize they do. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you never realized that adding those certain spices to a meal, to, to food, would be good. Maybe you actually tried something green, a vegetable or two. I know, Lewis, I, they exist. Something changed for this guy. Something changed for this man that day. And something changed for Peter and John. Because, <laughs> listen to this, Peter and John had gone to church before at that time. And they hadn't noticed this man. So something changed for them on this day. How Peter and John reacted to this opportunity is a model for us and how to take advantage of everyday opportunities in our lives. That's what I want to break down this morning. One important thing I want to point out here, okay? <clears throat> Good things happen when you go to church. Good things happen when you go to church. So after all this is over, become a regular at church because good things happen when you go to church. So how did they respond to this opportunity in a way, in a way that made so much of a difference? First of all, first thing I see is they were aware of the world around them. They were aware of the world around them. Before they hadn't been, before they hadn't, this guy was there. This was his normal place of being. He had simply become part of the scenery for them, but not today. Today, something was different. 
And Peter and John, maybe it, was, maybe it was the experience with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was the way everything had started to change with the church growing and, and all the excitement. Maybe they were starting to grow in their faith and they were starting to realize, hey, there are opportunities outside the walls of the church every day to share my faith. Opportunities on my way when I stop and get my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. When I stop at... Starbucks, <coughs> that's not COVID-19, that's just clearing my throat. <laughs> Starbucks, oh, oh, can't. Opportunities every day to be a light in this world. Something changed and they became, of the, they became aware of the world around them, especially this man. Listen, <laughs> this is not somebody that is unnoticeable. If you've ever gone to Northampton, there are a lot of people out. One, one of the things I love about going to Northampton is the street performers. There's, there's, there's one, one uh, elderly African-American gentleman that's out there once in a while playing the saxophone. Oh my gosh, I always stop and listen to this guy and I throw a couple dollars into his bucket. There's one guy that's out there <clears throat> and uh, playing a guitar and singing. And I, I, love, I love that. They're noticeable. You can't miss them when you walk down the street. I don't think this guy was was invisible. He was noticeable. Today, something had changed. They actually saw this man on this day. What do we miss by not seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus? What do we miss by not having his vision in life, by not having his priority? First thing I want to point out about this is if you follow God's plan for your life, then he'll open doors for you. If you follow God's plan for your life, he will open doors for you. There's no doubt about it, no question about it. If you follow God's plan for your life, he will open doors for you. There will be opportunities for you to share your faith. There will be opportunities for you to live your faith. I know sharing faith Boy, people shaking, sh shaking their boots when that is talked about, right? I, uh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how. Listen, I believe more, more times than not, the opportunity to live our faith in front of people is what God gives us. And to do little things and to act in certain ways so as to show the grace of Jesus Christ to other people. If you follow God's plan, he'll open doors for you. Don't listen to the world's ask, answers for your questions. Ask for God's plan. Talk to God about what he wants for you. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We, talk, we call that being in the world, but not of the world, right? You have to live in this world. You have to. You have to interact you have to work, most of us uh, work with in situations where people are not people of faith that we work with. We interact, the customers we work with, the, uh, the clients we work with, whatever it is, most of those people are not people of faith. So you are in the world. You go to the grocery store, you're in the world. You go to the restaurant, you're in the world. You go get your car washed, you're in the world. But Paul tells us here, to not be of the world. Renew your mind. Get your mind set on the way Jesus wants you to think. 
Open up, let him open your eyes to the world around you to see the opportunities that are there every day of your life. James 1.27, I remember when I was younger, uh, knocking on doors and handing out tracts and street preaching and things like that. It was, it was the big deal. It was the rage. That was the way you expressed your faith, right? If you weren't a door knocker for your church, then you weren't right with God. If you didn't go and hand out pamphlets while the preacher was standing on the soapbox on the street corner, I'm old enough to remember those times. <laughs> I'm old enough to be part of those times. But James tells us in James 1.27 what true faith in Jesus Christ is all about. He says, pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained from the world. In other words, keep yourself out of sinful situations. Don't get caught up into a life of sin. And take care of other people. Reach out and love on other people. Reach out and minister to other people. Right now, don't be the get-off-my-lawn guy in your neighborhood. Look at kids with a kind eye. Say hi to them. Treat people with respect. Treat people with love. Listen, this lame man had a need, but what he thought he needed wasn't really what he needed. He had a need, and he thought he needed money. He thought he needed, uh, he, he needed charity, but that's not what he really needed. He was literally begging for hope. Look beyond the need and see God's plan. Look beyond the need. Yes, meet that person's need, but understand that God has just given you an opportunity to not simply meet somebody's need, to, but to meet their need through the love of Jesus Christ. There's a big difference. Listen, it was approved that in about three weeks, every, everybody's going to be able to buy a new big screen TV, right? Going to get... <laughs> gonna get money from the government, right? And I'm not, I, I joke, but it's, for many people, it's going to, it's gonna get them through this time. The unemployment is, is important, and I, I support that kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. That money that's gonna be direct deposited into my bank account isn't filled with the love of Christ. It's not filled with the love of Christ. What you do with the money that is given to you given back to you, I should say, the money that's given back to you. Government takes 25% of your taxes, they're going to give you 2% back. That's nice. Good return on your, your money. But what you do with that money that is given back to you, that can be filled with the love of Christ. What are you going to do with it? Hey, we had a group of people go around this week on the down low, as they say, and uh, drop some boxes off at people's houses, Right? It was the New Life Surprise Squad. I won't point it out, but there's a couple of them sitting here today. The New Life Surprise Squad. We'll probably see, be seeing more of that over, over the coming weeks. Man, what are you going to do with that? The money wasn't, isn't going to be given to you filled with the love of Christ, but what you do with that, man, that can be filled with the love of Christ. If you have to feed your family with that, are you going to say, thank you, Jesus, that I live in a nation like America where we have such prosperity, 
that we can help our citizens out in times like this? Are you going to, if you have an abundance, are you going to share with others and give a portion of that to help someone else in their need? You see, that's how we can go beyond and show the love of Jesus Christ. Go beyond the need and see God's plan. The first step in ministry for these two men was in seeing and noticing that this man had a need. If we want to model what these two gentlemen did, we need to notice the needs of others right now. Second thing is they realized and knew that they had to act. They realized that they had to act. They had to do something. They had to do something. They knew it. Something had to be done for this man, and now was the time. God had placed them at this time, in this moment, for something to be done. It's not a mistake that you're alive at this point in history. It's not a mistake that you've accepted Jesus Christ, and now that you, with your free will, have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, and you're a follower of his, now you have the opportunity to live through this time and show the love of Jesus Christ and shine the light of the kingdom of God on this world. It's not just a coincidence. God has a plan for you during this time. Just because everything else has been put on hold doesn't mean the kingdom of God is put on hold. Just because everything else is shut down doesn't mean the kingdom of God. And folks, listen, doesn't mean the church is shut down. Just because uh, you, you, need to be stay, you need to stay at home and watch this on Facebook doesn't mean the church is not moving forward. Doesn't mean the mission and the ministry of the church is not moving forward. Nothing can shut the church of Jesus Christ down. Our current situation requires the church to do something. I believe with all my heart that we are living in the last days. I grew up listening to my father teach and preach about these days that we're living in right now. I believe it. If you, if you go to prophecy, we can talk about it. We can do an online study on it and talk about it. I believe that um, you can see what the Bible says. When all of these things start happening together, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Church, we're living in the end times. I believe what's going on right now is a warning. It's a warning. You don't have much time left. For the Christian, that means you don't have much time left to reach your friends and family and coworkers and neighbors for Jesus Christ. New Life Church, our time for ministering to our community is growing short. I believe in my theological position that at some point in the near future, the trumpet will shout and we'll be taken to heaven in the rapture. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe we're living in those days right now. Living at this time, at this point in history, requires us to do something. Do what? That's, that's really great, right? For those of you who have teenagers, young kids, it's much easier because you can throw a ball out there and they'll go chase it, right? But with teenagers, it's a little bit different. Teenagers, you say, hey, find something to do. Yeah, right, Dad. What? What? Teenagers, teenagers intentionally don't find something to do when you tell them to find something to do. Right? That's, that's the nature of being a teenager. <laughs> so when I say it's time for the church to do something, what is it that we're talking about? 
Well, Ecclesiastes 9.10, <clears throat> Solomon writes this, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your strength, because there's no work, planning, knowledge, or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Whatever you find to do, find something to do. Find something to keep yourself busy. Find something to do for the glory of God. Find something to do for the church. We'll talk a little bit here in a minute about creative things we can do or, or principles that we can do, that we can incorporate. John 9, 4, we must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no man can work. We've got to, now we narrow it down a little bit. Do something because there's going to come a time when there's nothing you can do, and that's a good time, we'll be in heaven, but you can't reach people with the gospel anymore when you're in heaven. That's what John is saying. Jesus says in the gospel of John there's, there, that we need to do the works of the one that sent him. We need to do the works of God. Now we're narrowing it down. Do everything with all your might. Do the works of God with all your might. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether or you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Listen, we have a, a, a man in our church that, has, that him and his wife, they own a restaurant. And great people, phenomenal chef. I've been there. You know one thing you can do? You can support men like him and men and women like him and others. If you're going to spend your money, you can, you can support their business and say, hey, God, I want to treat my family to some, something other than Kraft macaroni and cheese, right? I'm going to get not your mama's mac and cheese, right? And, uh, and support your brothers and sisters in Christ. You can be creative and you can drop boxes off with little goodies. With the, there's something you can do. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Show your brothers and sisters in Christ that they are not alone right now, even though they're alone right now. Reach out. Send a positive message to somebody. Send somebody a Bible verse. Hey, don't just limit it to the pastors of the church. If you, if you read something that, that really speaks to your heart, write a little something on Facebook and share it with your friends. Hey, this verse really, really, really grabbed my heart. This verse really encouraged me today, and maybe somebody else needs to hear it. Man, that's called being the church. That's called reaching out and, and loving on each other and helping each other. So they were aware of the world around them. They knew they had to act, and they offered what they had. I think this is the greatest thing for me. The, the, one of the, I think the best part of the story for me is this. Peter just looked at the guy, and he said, listen, I don't have silver and gold, man. I don't have a lot of money. Uh, and that's, that's most of us in this life, right? Most of us. It's, it, it's not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but if we had to go several months, we'd lose everything. Even several weeks, we'd lose everything. And Peter was not ashamed because we pose so much. We pose so much in life. Even in church, we put on a facade for others to see, right? We want people to think we are doing better than what we are. If we were, if we were forced to walk into church with the true heart condition that we're in and the true mental condition that we're in, and it was, it was to be a sign that we carried with us, 
Boy, things would be a whole lot different when people walked into church. Because you put a smile on your face, but your heart is breaking. No doubt about it. Peter was so transparent here, man. Hey, listen, brother, I got nothing for you. Right? I know you're asking for money, but I got nothing for you. I, I, the, the pockets are empty. The wallet, it's empty. There's nothing here. I can't meet that need. But that's not the need you have, my friend. It's not money that you need. What you need is healing. What you need is grace. What you need is love. What you need is compassion. What you need is somebody to notice that you have a need. And that's why I'm here today. I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give to you. How, how amazing is that? How amazing is that? I don't have what you're asking for, but I got something a whole lot better. Folks, listen, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't write a check for $2 trillion. Just can't. Anybody else in, in the... Kind of, if, if you're on Facebook and you can write a check for $2 trillion, PM me. I'd like to chat, okay? I can't meet the financial needs of everybody in this country. I can't meet the financial needs of everybody in our town. I can't meet the financial needs of everybody in our church. But what I can, I don't know anybody else in our church that can. But what we can do is really reach the true need that people have and show them and share with them the love and the grace of Jesus Christ because that's what people need right now more than anything. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. I, I'll sit down and chat with my parents and my parents lived through, uh, they, were, they were kids, they were born during the depression. Both my, can you imagine that? My parents were both born during the depression. And they came through, and they were, they were children. They were my, my, my two youngest boys' ages. They were under 10 years old during World War II. Imagine, they went through some of the most difficult times in American history. And they're, and they're here. They can testify to you that you're going to get through this. We're going to get to the other side. But right now, people have needs, and we need to see and notice what those needs are. They also had the principles that Jesus had taught them, what he had given to them. What do you have to offer people right now beyond the things you can't? You, you need to know what you can't do for people. Understand what you can't do. Man, you could, we all dream about hitting the lottery. I was, at, I was at the store the other day and a guy said, did you hear what they're doing to the lottery now? I'm like, no, I don't. But he says, you're only going to be able to collect 20 million and not 40 million. I'm like, oh, that's all? Dude, I'll take the 20 if you don't mind. Know, know, your, know what you can do and what you can't do. You've learned and you know how to be a believer in Jesus Christ. If you've been in church for any length of time, if you've studied the Bible any length of time, you know the basic principle of living for Jesus Christ. 
That's what you have to offer right now. You have hope. Whatever God has blessed you with, he expects you to use. Whatever God has blessed you with, he expects you to use. I was amazingly blessed. I don't mean to point you out, but I was amazingly blessed to see Aileen up on the stage today. She's been blessed with a voice. Some of us would love to be blessed with a voice. She's been blessed with a beautiful voice. And to see her, in the, can you imagine that? Excuse me, uh, Drew, Aileen, we're in the middle of a crisis. What, what the what? But she adds her talents so that we could be blessed that are here today and for those who are watching can be blessed and can worship. I don't know about you, but I worship to that man. I, I got ready to preach listening to that, that worship team sing. You guys, if it, it, was, it was kind of a rough morning for me. It's kind of an odd place to be right now, isn't it, isn't it Osvaldo? It's really weird to, to, as, a, as a pastor, really kind of a weird place. But man, listening to the worship and just worshiping, I, I, watching my oldest son lead worship, singing with my two youngest sons. They were looking at me and we were singing together. It was awesome. I got excited to preach, man. Whatever God has blessed you with, he expects you to use, even during a crisis, especially during a crisis. Remember this, generosity isn't measured by the size of your gift, but by the attitude with which it is given. Generosity isn't measured by the size of your gift. It's measured by the attitude with which you give that gift. What do you have to offer right now beyond your gifting from God that is relevant to the world right now? What do you as a follower of Christ have to offer to the world? Let's be honest, most of us at this time, we can't come to church, so we can't use our gifting in the church service, right? If you're watching us on Facebook, you can't use it. If your gifting is to teach children, well, guess what? You're not teaching children today. Not in the church, you're not. Maybe you're, maybe you're hopefully you're teaching your children at home, but... So you've got to go beyond your Sunday morning gifting. Maybe that's one of the things God's trying to teach us, that we need to go beyond our Sunday morning service and reach out and get out of our comfortable way of serving him and finding other ways to minister. What do you have to offer to the world right now that is relevant? First of all, you have the truth and you have hope. Those two go together. You have the truth and you have hope. What you need to do is share it. Listen, I don't, I don't advocate um, browbeating everybody with the gospel, but man, when the opportunity arises, share with people that we're saying, especially with Easter coming up, what's the point of Easter? A lot of people are gonna be putting things on Facebook. A lot of people are gonna be having conversations, maybe on the phone, maybe your neighbors. What are you doing for Easter? How are you gonna celebrate Easter? Well, you know what Easter is all about? Easter is all about Jesus Christ dying on the cross and paying the price for our sins. We were sinners. We can't pay the price for our sin. Jesus was the only one that could. So Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And Easter is the day that he rose from the dead, led captivity captive, overcame hell, death, and the grave. And now he lives forevermore. And all we have to do is, is accept the fact, realize the fact that we're a sinner, admit the fact that we're a sinner and we can't get ourselves to heaven. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ died and did pay the price for all sins, one sacrifice for sins forever, and receive him into your heart and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know there's nothing I can do 
to get myself to heaven. I can't be good enough. But I know that, Jesus, you died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I receive your gift of eternal life and accept you as my Savior. And I invite you into my heart. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. A prayer of, a, a true-hearted prayer of admission and acceptance will give you the gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ. So you can share hope. You can share the truth. Another thing I think that is so vitally important right now is that we speak life to people. What does that mean? That's such a great, you know, Toby Mac wrote the song and sang the song, Speak Life. What does that mean? And I think that's, honestly, I think that's the biggest thing that we can do right now as a church, as Christians, speak life to other people because there's so much confusion. There's so much fear out there. I, there are people on my Facebook feed constantly that are in fear, that are screaming and cussing people out on Facebook. Get away from everybody. You're going to be the reason people die. Wow, man. Wow. I understand where you're coming from. But can I, can I talk you off the ledge a little bit and show you that there's hope beyond a vaccine? There's hope beyond these things. There's something you can put your faith in besides your health. Speak life to people. First thing we need to do is love people. We need to love people. I got to tell you, I think this has been a great time, right? These two weeks, two plus weeks have been wonderful. But I know Americans, and it's, it's going to get challenging and more challenging as time goes on. Pete works in a hospital, right? Not sure how much love's being spread around there right now. But um, it's going to get old. We must show love to people no matter what not hate. We should not be participating in the hate, especially as followers of Christ. You see, we need to see this as an opportunity to share love, to share hope, to share the truth. Love people. Don't get baited into an argument. Don't get baited into a conversation that's going to lead to an argument. Just love people. Just love people right now. That's the first thing they need. Give freely and generously. This isn't the time to be stingy with anything you have. This isn't the time. And I'm not talking about giving money away and things like that only. If you have it and you want to give it away to people, great, knock yourself out. But give freely. May this be a time of abundantly giving in your life. Maybe this will be the, the time you, you need the opportunity you need to take to prove God's word to be true, that the more you give, the more he gives back. So the more you can give, so the more he will give back. So the more you can give. And it's the cycle of giving living that he wants you to live. During this time, be a Christian that gives freely and generously with your words, with your time, with supplies. If your basement is filled with toilet paper, don't charge $30 a roll, right? Give it away. Here's another one. Christians right now, we should live simply so that others may simply live. We should live simply so that others may simply live. 
You know, I, it does, it is a little disconcerting, not, not panicking, but it's like, there are people that need this stuff that you've got hoarded up in your house. God has promised, Christian, that he will meet your needs. I'm not talking about not buying stuff that you need. And if you're going to be, if you're one of those high-risk people that needs to have a stock and supply, I get that completely. But if you're one of us that can go to the store on a frequent basis, live simply so that others may simply live. Leave some of that behind for other people. Man, that's the way, that's the way Jesus, listen, you want a principle for a spiritual principle, scriptural principle for that? How about this one, Dad? Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, and there were leftovers. He left more for behind. He left more for others. Not only did he feed other people, he had abundance to give away to other people. Live simply so that others may simply live. Cause things to go a little bit further in your house. Be kind. Be kind to people. Even if we disagree about everything, we can still be kind to each other. Stand up for those who are having it rough. Can I be honest with you? I, one of the things that just, it, you guys may, it, there's a group of people in our country right now that are being completely mistreated because of this virus and because of where it started. Be kind. Be kind to them. I've seen so many people just blast people of Asian descent right now and treat them horribly. And I'll say it, I'll say it out loud. God forbid a Christian be that way to a person. Seriously, man. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. Be kind to people. If somebody gets too much dust in their face and they sneeze, be kind to them. Don't rail on them. Just be kind. <clears throat> Next, forgive others. Be, be willing to forgive. Be quick with forgiveness. Be generous with your forgiveness at this time. We should always be generous, but especially right now, be generous with forgiveness. People are under a lot of stress. And the way, here's, here's why. It's not just because it's a good thing to do and a nice thing to do and the right thing to do. The more you forgive people right now, the more you show the grace and love of Jesus in these areas, the more likely it is that they will turn to you and ask you, why are you so peaceful at this time? Why do you have such a calm in your heart? You see, it's an opportunity. It goes right back to what we said at the beginning. He places before us so many open doors. We just have to be willing and ready to open our eyes and see those open doors. And lastly, in this point, <clears throat> share honesty and truth, folks. Share honesty and truth. Live by this rule. It's one new thing that's, that's come out in the last few years. <clears throat> Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. Okay? Just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. So check your sources before you start sharing things. And be careful. Don't be, don't be a person that is spreading lies. Even if you, you may not be the one that originated it, but you don't want to be the person that didn't check it out. Better to share a Bible verse than a lie from somebody's conspiracy theory. 2 Corinthians 8.21 says, Indeed, we are giving careful thought to do what is right. 
not only before the Lord, but also before people. We're giving careful thought to do what is right, not just before the Lord, but before the people. Remember, right now, the world is watching. They're looking for hope. They've been told, let me be very honest, they've been told the church is non-essential and irrelevant to this situation right now. We need to show them different. We need to show them different. We need to show them, not by jumping up and, and, and screaming for our rights, but by the actions that we take, by the way that we live, by the faith that we display, by the love that we share. We need to show this world that we are relevant to their lives, and they need what we have. They need Jesus. The last thing these men did was this. They followed through. They actually reached down and help this man up. Oh, it's, it's a great thing to see people in need. It's great to be woke, as they say, right? But what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you doing a lot of this, a lot of talk, a lot of running your mouth, or are you doing a lot of reaching out and serving? These guys, they saw the need. They realized what they could do and what they couldn't do. They knew what he needed, and they followed through and reached down, grabbed him by the hand, and lifted him. Remember, his legs weren't healed until he was pulled up. That's when the Bible says he got strength in his legs and his ankles, and he ran away, walking and leaping and praising God. Count this time as a follower of Christ as gain, not loss. It's not time you're losing. I had conversations with people about what, this gonna, what is this going to mean for, for uh, kids in school, you know, seniors who, who are missing out on all their, their uh, graduation things, their final, final months as a senior, students, uh, student athletes that didn't get to play uh, their senior year, the, the, the uh, March Madness basketball tournament, all these things we could count as loss, but as believers... We don't need to count the loss. We need to count this time as gain because it's opportunities that are being given to us that we've never seen before. To be the church, to share our faith, to share grace and love with others. Paul wrote in Philippians 3, 7 and 8, but whatever, but whatever was gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for, those, uh, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. If you look up that word garbage, in the, in the old King James, it says dung. If you do a word study on that and you read the verses before it, Paul was talking about teachers who were uh, dirty dogs because they were false teachers. And when he says, I count these things as garbage or as dung or as refuge, what he was saying is what these things are are just dog food. It's just dog food. That's all it is. That's what I count the things. Things that I could gain for myself are just, they're just garbage to me. They're of no benefit, no value to me at all. Because I am seeking Jesus Christ. And I'm seeking to do his will. Listen, during this time of, of crisis, what are, you, what are you afraid of? What is stopping you from serving God? What is holding you back? I challenge you, look around. See the need that is everywhere. 
No, you can't know what you can do and what you can't do. You can't meet everybody's need and every little thing. But what you can do right now, church, is what we've been called to do. You can shine your light. You can be salt and light. You can be a city that is not hidden on a hill. You can be a light that is not hidden under a bushel. You can be love and grace and mercy. You can speak life and speak words of truth. Words of hope, words of encouragement. And when that one precious soul says to you, why do you have such calm? Why do you have such peace? This is what we were made for. This is our time. People are looking for hope. Did you know that the number one show on TV right now is President Trump's press briefings? 15 million people tuned in at 5, 4.30 or whatever time they're on to watch his press briefing. Half those people hate the man. Seriously. They're looking for hope. We have hope. It's time to stop being afraid. It's time to stop hiding our light and to start doing what we can. You can't do everything. You can't do a lot of things, but you can live and speak and share as a believer. That's what we need to do. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? <clears throat> well, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I want to speak to those who are here today and those who are watching us on Facebook. I know this is a tough time right now. And maybe you've, maybe you, as we talked about this, when I talked about Jesus Christ, having him as your savior, you didn't really understand that. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, message us, message me, send a message to our Facebook page. We would love to connect with you and talk with you and, and uh, share with you some more that you need to know about growing. Christians, new lifers, anybody who's watching us, anybody who's here right now, listen, if you need any encouragement, any, any hope, any strength right now, reach out to us. We'll pray with you. We'll be there. We'll do more than that. We'll give you words of encouragement and show you how to move forward in this time. But this is not a time to be a shrinking violet as a Christian. This is a time to move forward in power and surety and grace and love. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you've done. Thank you for the privilege, Father, of being a, a believer in you. Lord, we live in, we're living through some really odd times right now. Father, things that we took for granted before, we really we really can't take for granted anymore. Lord, there is a way through this. And as Christians, you have given us hope. As followers of yours, you have given us hope. May we rise above our circumstances. May we rise above our situations. May we rise above our fears and concerns, Lord, and look to you for help. Look to you for wisdom. Look to you for guidance and strength. And God, I pray that once we get that, we'll follow through. 
Bless those who are here today. Bless those who are watching us on Facebook for those, uh, those who will be watching us. God, get us through this time, not just surviving, God, but may we thrive and be the church in a way that we've never been before. Love you, Lord. Thank you for the honor and privilege of being in your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. There's going to be a plate back there if you want to give your offering this morning. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can go to newlife317.com and click in the box in the upper left-hand corner. You can give uh, online uh, securely. If you need any other assistance with that, you can message us and we'll walk you through it. Remember, churches aren't getting bailouts, so we still need your offerings during this time, all right? Thank you. Have a great week.